1: Welcome to another episode of the Giant Take Podcast. My name is Josh, and I am joined by my friend and co-host, Alex. I know, a lot of content for you in a short amount of time. We go from having, you know, some episodes here and there every week or two, and then now we just bouncing right, about, right back in after a nice three-day uh, weekend, I guess. Well, two-day weekend, but three days since our last episode. And, um, you know, Alex and I are back, and we're talking more NFL draft, and that's what we will be talking until free agency rolls around in a few weeks. But for right now, as you can tell from the title, the wide receiver preview, our top five picks for the top five wide receivers in the 2024 NFL Draft. We'll give that to you in just a little bit. Uh, if you have not already, please go and check out our top six uh, quarterbacks. The reason we did six and not five is because those six guys are kind of a different tier uh, then the rest of the draft class. That episode is available right here, wherever you're listening, and also the part where we talk about specifically just the quarterbacks is on our YouTube channel. If you rather watch that instead, and then same thing for this one. Uh, I don't. It'll be posted a little bit later than the episode, but uh, depending on when you're listening to the episode, the video will also be out on YouTube as well. Um, Alex. First of all, before I have some more stuff to say, but before that,
0: how are you doing? I'm doing well. Uh, You know, it's getting Combine Week uh, is coming up in just a couple of days, and that's always really exciting, even though uh, we're going to talk about a little bit later on that some of these top, top prospects are not going to be participating, but uh, it still is nice to see kind of how these guys measure up uh, athletically, size-wise, and even, of course, some skill stuff, especially with the quarterbacks and some passing drills. and. Uh, some receiving drills as well so i'm excited to see all that and uh you know it's always a fun week uh, when you go to indianapolis
1: yeah and uh obviously the scouting combine coming up like you were saying we have a preview for that that'll be coming out in the next couple days as well like i said a lot of episodes in a little bit amount of time why are we doing this because we want to give you the best coverage possible right here and along those lines we had an interview with bobby skinner of talking giants a Really, really great interview, um, and that's just not trying to boast us. That was also, you know, you know, giving credit to Bobby as well. Um, we really enjoyed having him on, so if you want to check that out, that was the last episode we had. That interview is also right for you on YouTube, too, if you wanted to watch that, and we appreciate um, everyone supported that one. That went uh, kind of big for us, so uh, we do appreciate that, so go check that out here on your podcast platform or on YouTube. All right, Um Alex, are we ready to get into it?
0: I'm ready, man. I'm ready. Let's talk about these receivers.
1: All right. So your top five receivers in this year's NFL draft starts right after this. We'll be right back.
0: <laughs> what a tease, Josh.
1: All right. Welcome back. The top five wide receivers for our picks, at least, in the 2024 NFL draft. And I want to make that clear. There is not, obviously, a concrete raking throughout everything. I don't care if you're Daniel Jeremiah. I don't care if you're uh, any other draft, you know, uh, scouter out there. These are our personal picks, and that is what we believe. All right, more nonsense. We don't need to talk about that. Let's go into number five, and that is Troy Franklin, the 6'3", 187-pound junior, coming out of Oregon. Alex is going to give us a little bit more on the pros and cons, and then he's going to throw it back to me for some stats, and then we'll get into comparison and everything else. For anyone who is new, I'll give it to Alex. He'll explain a little bit more about how we do things here on these rankings.
0: Yeah, pros, cons. Obviously, they're uh, just normal, I guess, profile attributes, their height, weight, school, year. Uh, And then, of course, we have the grades, uh, which we calculate, which correlate to around. And then the projections and uh, the player comp as well uh, for those that we can come up with, obviously. Um, Those that are kind of different and players that we haven't seen before. Well, they don't have a comp, um, but I think in this case, I think we have a comp for pretty much everyone. But yeah, Troy Franklin, Josh, uh, he's a really, really elite playmaker in terms of his speed, his route running, uh, both really, really big positives for him. Uh, The kind of cons with him, agility and flexibility. Uh, For someone who's kind of on the lighter side, yes, he's taller at 6'3", but uh, he's not super agile, uh, which is kind of, you know, I guess a little bit weird considering how fast he is. Um, and his acceleration. And then his contested catch ability. Uh, again, he has the height, uh, but he definitely needs to beef up a little bit in the NFL if he wants to compete with some of those more physical corners for those 50-50 balls. And uh, I think it's going to be interesting to see how he develops, what he decides to do um, in terms of whether he wants to gain weight or uh, just add muscle and gain weight or wh- whatever he wants to do um, You know, once he gets drafted into the NFL. But someone who really is a, kind of a very solid you know, speedster, I think, and he kind of, uh, I guess, has similarities to a certain guy on the Giant, Giants that we're going to talk about in a couple minutes um, as his comp, but I'll get into his grades, so these grades, all out of 10, uh, they're weighted a little bit differently, like, so s- stuff like speed is going to be rated a little bit higher than route running, because in the NFL, route running can be developed, right, so, uh, you know, you can't really teach speed, as they always say, so speed, 9 out of 10, Hands 6.5 out of 10, route running 7.5 out of 10, agility 6 out of 10, and then for his size grade, uh, we have a a 5.5 out of 10, and that correlates to a 7.1 out of 10, which gives him a late first round grade. He is projected currently to go in the late first round, Uh, and our comp, I kind of hinted at this earlier, he's kind of a more, uh, I guess a more talented coming out of college, Darius Slayton, but there's a lot of similarities there. Darius Slayton, not the most agile player, but very, very quick, great long speed. Uh, so does Troy Franklin, someone who, uh, you know, is a pretty decent route runner considering his size. Darius Slayton, again, um, and the contested catchability, not something that we really see for Darius Slayton, but uh, don't see it either for Troy Franklin. I actually really, really love this comparison.
1: Yeah, so we go into his stats now, obviously, like a top college prospect, he's uh, got Some comparisons from freshman year to when he finished in his junior year. 200, just over 200 yards and only two touchdowns in his freshman year. And then he threw that to 2022, almost 1,000 yards and nine touchdowns. And then over 1,380 yards receiving this past season, 14 touchdowns for Franklin. We move to number four now, Brian Thomas Jr., an LSU guy. Look out for another LSU guy later down in our list, a junior Six foot four, two 205 pounds. Alex, he's playing a lot of big games, and I'll actually go to that first before I throw two, to you, switching up the order a little bit. Played against, I don't even know where I want to start. Well, early in September against 8th-ranked FSU at the time, 7 catches for 142 yards and a touchdown in that game. Big days against big opponents, that's what you want to see because, again, I, I've explained this before in our rankings, but when they are playing these ranked teams with, rank, you know, ranked opponents, Most of those guys on those really good teams are also going to the NFL. So he is playing against future NFL um, uh, players. Against 28th ranked Ole Miss in September, he had eight catches for 124 yards and three touchdowns. That is a game that a lot of people go back to from his junior season uh, of where he was super successful. But then you look at some games where he didn't do absolutely phenomenal. I wanted to try and balance it out against ranked opponents he played. Twenty first ranked Missouri in October. He did get a touchdown in that game. Four catches for sixty six yards. It's, you know, pretty solid day. Played eighth ranked Alabama in November. Just three catches for thirty six yards. So, kind of varies all over the place. But overall, had almost well had over a thousand one hundred receiving yards this year and seventeen touchdowns. Um, that Thomas did. And okay, Alex. Now I'll send it to you.
0: What I'll say here is this: four and five spot. Um, you could have thrown a ton of names. I think you could have thrown maybe a six, seven guys could be in this like four and five range, Uh, especially in this late first, early second type of wide receiver class. Uh, There's just a lot of depth there, a lot of different players you can choose from. And I think you're going to see some, you know, mix and matching, I think think is the right word, uh, by different teams based on what they're looking for in terms of receiver profile. If you want a guy who's, going to be bigger hopefully as the potential to be more of a contested catch guy you could go brian thomas whereas you kind of want a guy who wants or you know who's more of a playmaker uh, potential yard after catch ability uh, then you might look troy franklin so uh, there's a lot of different ways uh, that teams are going to view these guys in the late first uh, you know second round area so i just wanted to mention that Uh, but yeah his pros josh he's got pretty good speed and acceleration considering being six four uh, he tracks the ball really well downfield, uh, and obviously with his uh, height, he, that also comes with great length, uh, and that's something that I think could be very you know potent for him as a potential uh, high-level contested catch guy in the NFL. Again, a lot of uh, draft previewing, uh, looking at these prospects, really studying these prospects is kind of projecting what they could be, uh, and I think for Brian Thomas, that's probably why he's uh, projected to go a lot higher than uh, I think his probably college play. Um, kind of puts him at Um, a little bit of his cons though his footwork and coordination comes a little bit with his size uh, is not great his limited route tree at LSU uh, he was not really asked to do some of the stuff that players uh, that we're going to talk about a little bit later uh, later or a specific player uh, was asked to do so um, that needs to be taken into consideration and he also just needs to be more physical needs to bulk up a little bit 205 probably needs to get to that 215 mark Uh, once he you know once he enters the nfl so with all that our grades are for him speed seven and a half hand seven and a half route running six and a half agility six and a half and size seven and a half which puts him at a 7.1 also uh, just a tiny bit higher or the same but just barely uh, we're putting him above i should say um troy franklin and he is our fourth receiver here uh, and our comp for him is george pickens I think it's a pretty good one, both 6'4", both were kind of a little bit more slim coming out of college, and now, um, obviously, George Pickens bulked up a little bit. Can Brian Thomas Jr. do the same? He's projected right now to go in the mid-first round. He's been rising up draft boards as of late, uh, but that 7.1 puts him as a late first-round prospect for us.
1: Now, I don't know if Thomas is as physical as a guy like George Pickens is, but I'm sure, uh, you know, with the contested catches and things of that nature, both of them compare very well. Okay. This is it, Alex. We've reached, you know, if that was like tier two in quotes, because you said you can kind of flip four and five. If you're flipping these top three, I don't believe you. Because these top three, I think, are solidified. They are set, and they are absolute dogs on the offensive side of the ball. And we start with number three in Rome, Adunze. Six foot three, 215 pounds, the junior out of Washington. You might recognize that school because in our top quarterbacks, we talked about one of them in Michael Penix Jr. Well, the number one guy who he was throwing the ball to was right here in Adunze. And now, when I tell you there's a lot of games I can go to for Roma Adunze, there are a lot. Now, I don't want to put you to sleep and bore you to death, but I will mention a couple of them that really stand out to me. Against 8th-ranked Oregon in October, he had 8 catches for 128 yards and 2 touchdowns in that game. Against 18th-ranked Utah in November, just 3 catches, right? Common 3 catch. 2 of them went for touchdowns. Two out of the three, 111 yards in total in that game. 11th-ranked Oregon State in November, seven catches, 106 yards, two touchdowns. Now we get to the good stuff. The championship, Washington went all the way. Well, what'd they do to get there? And what did Roma Dunze do to help them get there? In the Pac-12 championship game against fifth-ranked Oregon in December, eight catches for 102 yards. Against third-ranked Texas in the CFB semifinal, six catches for 125 yards. And in the CFB final, which unfortunately the Huskies lost in, Adunze still tried his hardest and did his best, getting five catches for 87 yards. This season in total, actually I'll do the last two seasons. In 2022, Adunze had 75 catches for over 1,100 yards and seven TDs. In this past season, in 2023, almost 100 catches, for over 1,600 yards, and 13 touchdowns. That is a player. And somehow,
0: he's only number three. (laughs) Yeah, Josh, I mean, this is a really deep receiver class. And like you said, there's a really clear one, two, three. uh, And Adunze, he's definitely uh, solidified himself at that three spot. And kind of the guys after him, I just don't think are at that same level. Uh, I think you could say that for the other uh, top three as well other members of the top three but yeah um, his size and strength uh, he's just a really big guy he's really really strong uh, which is something that I think he plays stronger even bigger than he looks even though he does look really big on game day his change of direction is really good for his size as well his ball skills he has a huge catch radius um, which is really positive for contesting catch situations um, his cons his long speed is not exactly ideal he's very quick in the short and intermediate areas, but once he gets deep, uh, he kind of falters a little bit. And then his explosiveness, whether that be off the line or on cuts during route running, uh, can be. Uh, I, I think they could be a little bit better, um, considering his speed in those short and intermediate areas. Uh, our uh, our grades, I should say, is speed eight out of ten, hands eight out of ten, route running eight out of ten. I know it feels like a lot of eight out of tens, but he's really well rounded. Agility. 7 out of 10 and size 8 out of 10, adding up to a 7.8 out of 10, which puts him just on the cusp, but just falls outside of the early first round for us and puts him in the mid first round area. Um, And he is projected right now to go in the top 10, uh, which is, um, you know, I guess a little bit higher than where we have him, but uh, definitely isn't something that's crazy to do. And in terms of a comp, we really don't have one because it's kind of. Difficult because we haven't really. You don't see a lot of receivers that are as strong as he is. I mean, obviously, first name that comes to mind is DK Metcalf, but he's just on another planet. That I don't think it's really fair to compare anybody to that guy. Um, so you know, we're just going to go with that he is his own guy, I guess. Here um, that we don't I haven't really seen a guy that's very similar to him. I'm sure if you go back 20-30 years, I'm sure you could find someone. But um, you know, we like to keep them somewhat recent so people kind of you know compare them to players that are in the league right now and. Right now, when I look around the receiver rooms in every single team, I don't see a guy like Adunze anywhere.
1: Well, we do see a guy like this player coming up right now, and we'll get to him right now, actually. Malik (laughs) Nabors. I said there was going to be another LSU player coming up. I said it was going to be another LSU junior, six foot.
0: Josh, is this another uh, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase situation where you got two great receivers in one school at once and they're both going to be top tier? I mean, some people are saying it. I don't think they're at that level, but... I mean, who knows, right? I would hope so. And six foot, 200 pounds.
1: So I was going to say Romadunze. I was so ready to put him at number two, but Malik Neighbors' speed is absolutely unmatched until you get to number one. (laughs) And we'll get to him in a little bit. But what's crazy about um, Malik uh, Neighbors, excuse me, is what he did this past season. LSU. Well, do you remember? I feel like we talked about LSU before, Alex, right? We did. Because I remember you want to that. talk about another <laughs> you want to talk about another quarterback? I just talked about Michael Penix Jr. Well, who was the receivers that Malik or who was throwing to Malik Neighbors, excuse me? It was Jaden Daniels, which again, another one of our top quarterbacks that we talked about in our uh, last video, ranking QB prospects. But anyway, so what did neighbors do this past season? He had eighty-nine catches for one thousand five hundred sixty-nine yards and fourteen touchdowns. The season before that. Over 1,000 yards in that year as well, but just three touchdowns. So really bulked up on the touchdowns this season. I want to point you to, remember I talked about how uh, a guy before us kind of struggled. I think it was actually Brian Thomas, right? His partner in crime at LSU struggled against that Alabama team. Well, you want to know why? Because someone else carried the torch. Against eighth-ranked Alabama in that game in November, neighbors had 10 catches for 171 yards. And a touchdown. And another good game I want to mention was uh, against 21st-ranked Missouri in October Six catches for 146 yards and a touchdown. Alex,
0: what else do you got on Neighbors? Yeah, I mean, his pros, he's got great burst and explosiveness. Uh, You see that pretty much in every aspect of his game, except for one, which I'll talk about in his one con that we have. Um, He's also a great deep threat, um, whether it's speed or just tracking the ball deep. He is very good. Uh, yards after catch ability, something that uh, basically no one else really in this class has at his level besides, of course, the number one guy. I feel like we keep hinting at it. Um, He tracks the ball well downfield, like I mentioned. But his one con is that despite this great burst, this explosiveness that you see on his tape, he has a really poor release, which is just kind of odd. Uh, I wonder if it's more of a coaching thing than anything. Uh, that's kind of what I'm hoping for. So I'm not kind of deducting too much from his grades because of that. Um, So I'm thinking that's more of a coaching thing. Again, we're trying to project. So I think that's something he could fix up. Um, But our grades for him, 8.5 out of 10 for speed, 8 out of 10 for hands, 8.5 for route running, 8.5 for agility, and 7 for size, putting him at an 8.2 grade, which is an early first round. And obviously he is projected to go right now just at that number five spot uh, to the Chargers. um, But he is with the potential that Mike Williams has cut, of course. Um but right now he is a top five prospect projected in this year 's class
1: and Alex, someone who 's also been linked to the Giants as well now i don 't know if we 're drafting a yeah. wide receiver like Malik neighbors, but he's definitely been linked with the team, so we 'll have to wait and see
0: uh but if i if i 'll say this if I was a betting man and I had to bet on one player the Giants were taking, he would be it uh also really? just has he has that uh from what i've read he is that very hard working kind of uh um You know, in the first in, first out kind of mentality, something that the Giant, uh, you know, reliable, dependable, that kind of thing. And I think he's uh, he's kind of that perfect mold for the Giants based on what I've read. Of course, I've never met him. I've never talked to him. So it's hard to say that. But to from those who have talked to him uh, and have been around him, that's what they say.
1: Well, they also say that probably about this guy, too. And what they also say is he is the best wide receiver in this year's NFL draft class. There is no debate. And I think he's held this title for honestly two years at this point. I think if you looked even before this season began and said who was going to be the number one player, they would have said Marvin Harrison Jr., four, two 205 pounds, a junior out of Ohio State. He's done this for a while now, especially the past two seasons, where last year he had 77 catches for 1,263 yards and 14 touchdowns. Well, he did the same thing this year, 10 less catches, however, still over... 1,200 yards receiving, 14 touchdowns, so exactly the same there. And he had some big games as well against third-ranked Michigan in November, had five catches for 118 yards and a touchdown, and then seventh-ranked Penn State in October, 11 catches, 162 yards, and a touchdown was the Blentikoff winner this past year in 2023. Who won it last year? The New York Giants' Jalen Hyatt. And a few other guys as well, Devontae Smith, Jamar Chase, Jerry Judy, Among other wide receivers who were awarded the award, it is given to the best college wide receiver uh, in the nation. And Harrison won that, as he should. And um, there's a pretty high grade coming up. I'm not going to spoil anything because Alex will get that covered. But it might be the highest grade we've ever given a prospect thus far, Alex. You might confirm or deny that. But I think in the two years or three years we've done this, I don't think you've ever given this high of a grade to a player.
0: Yeah, I was just, you know, it's so funny that you just brought that up. I was just looking to see in our previous, like, three years of draft day, uh, draft previews and stuff, I have kind of a list of our top prospects from each year. I was looking. The only guy who we had higher was actually Kyle Hamilton. He had an 8.8. Uh, so this guy's a little bit below that. But, you know, obviously we see how Kyle Hamilton has turned out in this league. One of the best uh I guess know, de- just Alex is backs. just
1: the, the scout you got to go to.
0: I you just you got to talk to me. I think really is what's got to happen. NFL GM office, you know NFL GMs are looking for a new national. What what are they? National scouting director, something like that. I'm here. All right. I'm very scouting available. intern for the summer. Scouting intern. Well, I, the summer. Like the thing is, I guess I could get started early. Who knows? Maybe I'll I'll stand outside or something. I don't know. Well, you maybe I'll just stand outside the You can look at UDFA's. You can yeah. look at UDFA's to sign over the summer. That's true. Fill, you know, Josh, I was actually thinking. Li- Go ahead. What if I just stand outside the Giants practice facility and when Joe Shane walks to his car, I just show him like, have you seen this guy? Have you heard of him? You want my breakdown on him? Here you go. Um, but anyway, on a serious note, Marvin Harrison Jr., he is probably the best wide receiver prospect we've seen since Jamar Chase. Probably some are saying even better than him. Uh, I believe we weren't doing this yet when Jamar Chase was coming out, so uh, we didn't have a grade on him. But Um, Marvin Harrison Jr., definitely the best receiver we've looked at uh, officially, I guess, on this podcast. His speed acceleration is second to none. His footwork and agility are fantastic. He has great ball skills at all three levels. Uh, He can play on the outside. He can play in the slot. He has a very quick release. Um, He's just got that it factor. I said it for Caleb Williams last time. He's got that it factor. He's going to be a big playmaker in the NFL. Only con we have for him is that he's a little bit skinny at 6'4", 205. But besides that, he can do quite literally anything. Um, We have for his grades here, 9 out of 10 for speed, 8.5 out of 10 for hands, 9 out of 10 for route running, 8.5 out of 10 for agility, and 7 out of 10 for size. Uh, And that puts him at an 8.6, which is the highest this year. Um, By only one, we had Caleb Williams at an 8.5. So two very big generational prospects, Um, and, and they're both really, really high grades, both higher than any prospect we had last year of course last year's class was much more of a uh, I guess you can say not as top heavy but more um, just well-rounded class and I think this year you've got a lot of top heavy really really big players which of course is great for the Giants who are at the very top of the NFL draft um, and we obviously projected early first round projected top five pick everyone's kind of thinking that he will be heading to Arizona at number three
1: so let's recap. Troy Franklin, number five. Brian Thomas Jr., number four. Roma Dunze, or yeah, Roma Dunze, number three. Excuse me. Malik Neighbors, number two. And Marvin Harrison Jr. at number one. To round out and wrap up, the top five wide receivers, according to us, in the 2024 NFL draft. We thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Giant Take Podcast. few ways you can support us, hit us on the social media platforms at the Giant Take Pod on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook. Alex on Twitter at Anorian twenty three. I'm on Twitter at Josh twenty nine. Subscribe wherever you're listening. And again, um, everything will be in the podcast description. If you want to watch the wide um, receivers uh, rankings or whatever, not what or whatever. Uh, but if you want to watch them, <laughs> or whatever, be on or whatever, they'll be on our YouTube channel at some point in the future when I finish editing. Uh, and then um, <laughs> also. Again, we thank you so much for your your support over this time. You know, maybe right now you're on, you know, your your football hangover where it's the end of February, you don't know what to do on your Sundays or anything, but at least what you're doing is you could be just sitting there like, I don't want any football news, it's done, I'm sad, but you're sticking with us and you're listening or you're watching and uh, the support we got in this past month of February, before we now wrap, uh, you know, um, excuse me, uh, what's the word I'm trying to say, we'll be... Get all excited to march for the draft and stuff. I'm, there was a word. I lost it. But um, where we get hyped. I don't, I don't know what you were going to say for the well, draft. We, we have one more episode, I coming think.
0: Up. I think we have one more February episode. The rush. The rush.
1: Sorry. The march rush. Yeah. Everyone's getting hyped for the draft. We have the scouting combine coming up now heading into March. Uh, so don't stop now, I guess is what I'm trying to say, because we won't. And uh, yeah, scouting combine. And then the April stuff. craziness
0: is always fun, too, because then you've got players rising up. And then somehow certain players are no longer good, even though nothing has really changed because nothing really happens in April besides just gossip and uh, rumors. So it's always fun to see certain players kind of their public opinion just either go like straight up or straight down, uh, really for no reason, which is always fun. Of course, there's certain cases like a Jalen Carter last year where there is reasons for that. But anyway, um, it's always interesting anyway. I feel like I've said that word three times. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Uh, We really appreciate everyone, like I said, or like Josh said. uh, And we'll see you later this week. Looking forward to the Combine. And obviously, I hope everyone else is looking forward to that as well. It's always a fun week in Indianapolis. We'll see you next time. Peace.